Pastor Xavier Reese and leaving what you cannot keep for that which you cannot lose. Matthew tells us that he arose and he followed him. The phrase to follow him meant that he believed who Jesus said he was, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. The phrase meant that he was following the kingdom of God that was based on righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, not money, wealth, as before. He left all. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. We learned last time that there were few hated more in the time of Jesus than the Jewish tax collector. But we also saw an identity of this kind pose no hurdle for consideration as an apostle in the eyes of Jesus. And in the continuation of our Simple Truths character study of Matthew, Pastor Xavier illustrates how Jesus truly came for whosoever will believe. Let's listen. Matthew 9. We are told by Matthew that Jesus passed on from the place in Capernaum where he had just healed a paralytic, and he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. Verse 9 there. Jesus must have seen Matthew many, many times sitting there. And their eyes must have met. This was the headquarters of Jesus. Jesus must have brought such conviction to Matthew, as well as the feeling of compatibility with Jesus at the same time. Conviction in what he was doing, but compatibility saying, well, you know, I've been rejected by the religious society, but so has Jesus. So they have something in common. Compatibility due to the fact that both he and Jesus were hated by the Pharisees, scribes, the Sadducees. Notice next, we are told by Matthew that the Lord Jesus said to him, follow me. This was a day, no more procrastination. The timing of God is sovereign and perfect when he calls. The decision was equally an invitation to leave behind his life occupation. Notice next, Matthew tells us that he arose and he followed him. The phrase to follow him meant that he believed who Jesus said he was, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. The phrase meant that he was following the kingdom of God that was based on righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, not money, wealth, as before. Luke adds this, So he left all, rose up, and followed him. Here's the key. He left all. Luke 5.28 is the only one that tells us that about this account. He left all. Matthew, hated by all, despised, wealthy, he left all. He could never go back. For Matthew had meant everything was being laid on the line. It was a total surrender to never look back. Notice, secondly, the reaction of Matthew was to reach out to others like him. In verse 10, Matthew tells us, now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house. Luke tells us that it was a great feast. So it wasn't just a couple of people. Matthew was excited about his decision and his new life. Matthew was excited about introducing Jesus to his friends and guests of honor. The Bible tells us those who have been forgiven much, love much, 
Notice Matthew tells us next, verse 10 at the end there, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came. These were the outcasts of the earth. Mark tells us an interesting fact in Mark 2.15. says that there were many, listen, and they followed him. You ever read that? Many came to that great feast, and many followed Jesus. This was the entire purpose Matthew had, the feast for. Not to celebrate himself, but to save his friends. Notice, thirdly, we have the response of the Pharisees to Jesus, beginning verse 11. Matthew declares, And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Mark tells us that they said, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? Mark 2.16. In other words, how can he bring himself to associate and be one with them? That's what they were saying. Eating and drinking with someone was equivalent to becoming one with them. You were taking and breaking a piece of bread off the same loaf, dipping in the same bread, and eating. Eating and drinking was a whole different thing from what we know it. But you would never eat with the Gentile. He's eating with, with, with the worst of the worst. That's why Peter at Joppa was amazed when Jesus gave him that vision of all manner of creeping thing. And he says, don't worry about it. Two men are here to meet you. Go to Cornelius' house, doubting nothing. And then Peter says, I, I do perceive that God, that there's no difference between Jew or Gentile. And then he took two Jews back to Jerusalem with him to make sure that they back him up because they wouldn't believe him. <laughs> Luke tells us, that the Pharisees grumbled against the disciples and asked them, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? So Luke 5.30 gives us a little different perspective. They, being Jews, also were being asked to re-examine what they were doing by the Pharisees. Almost that they might rebel against Jesus. This happens at times in churches. People go, oh, I can't believe why he did that. I don't know why they do that. And... To instigate, to divide. They being one with Jesus were equally being rejected as Jesus by the religious community. Have they stood their ground? Notice in verse 12, Matthew tells us, When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. The response is a sharp rebuke. To the religious men of his day, the leaders of the people. That's the irony. They first failed to see their own need of a physician. Having the sickness of sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23 says. They also failed to rejoice at the spiritual cleansing and healing of the sinner. So it was a double whammy against them. They failed to see themselves as they were, and they failed to receive those who truly were looking and opening their hearts to God. Notice in verse 13, Matthew tells us Jesus instructed them by sending them back to the Scriptures. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. 
Matthew is the only one who points out the passage in Hosea that I desire mercy and not sacrifice in Hosea 6.6. God did not, nor does he today, delight in sacrifices. They are a stench to him if our heart is not right with God. God delights in being merciful, having pity on those who can not help themselves. The word mercy, same as pity. You pity someone when they cannot help themselves and you even go down to help them. You, you stoop down and, and you talk to them tenderly and, and you almost feel their pain. God does not delight in judgment but in forgiveness. And he provides for us the means of repentance to turn, to change our mind by his grace. Notice Matthew declares plainly and clearly that the entire purpose of the coming of Jesus, both to the earth and his house, was to call sinners to repentance, not the righteous. It's the whole mission of Jesus, man. The implication being that all qualify as sinners. The declaration that there is none righteous. No, not one, Paul says in Romans 3. One Sunday morning, In 1856, a congregation of well-dressed people had been ushered to their rented pews in Chicago's Plymouth Congregational Church. Suddenly, there was a commotion near the door, and many turned, and they looked, and something occurred which had never before been seen in the elite congregation. By the way, in the past, you used to rent your pews, and you had little doors, and your family would get in there, and you rented your pews, so you had your same pew all the time. In walked a young man, a 19-year-old salesman. Following him was a motley group of tramps, slum people, and alcoholics. The young man led them into the four pews which he had personally rented for his visitors. He continued to do this important work each Sunday until God called him into a worldwide ministry. You might ask, what is the young man's name? Dwight L. Moody. You see, we have to be careful that we get to a place where we think some people can't be saved or that someone would want to come in and we would not want them in. You have to be also careful. Every one of us should be known for the same identity as Jesus, one who eats and drinks with sinners to minister the gospel to them, one to not be intimidated by the holier-than-thou Pharisee, one who can call them to repentance and be known even as Jesus. He was known as a friend of tax collector and sinners in Mark eleven nineteen and Luke seven thirty four. That's a good label. Good label. You see, the call of Matthew was embraced wholeheartedly. There, there was no... No playing games. For Matthew was all or nothing. But that's really what God calls us in our own personal decision. It's all or nothing. We've seen the character of Matthew and the call of Matthew. Now the commission of Matthew. Only three things we want to observe. Three main things. First, Matthew was to be the author of the first gospel. Now stop and think 
of who he was. <laughs> he being a Jew and chosen to write to the Jews regarding the Messiah was in order to show them that Jesus was their Messiah, focusing on the teaching and sayings of Jesus, the son of David. And he begins with a genealogy in everything Matthew 1. He quotes more Old Testament scriptures regarding the Messiah than any other, even combined in the other Gospels. The repeated phrases are such as, this was done in fulfillment, that it might be fulfilled. It is written, you have heard it said, I send to you. All with distinct purpose in mind, the fulfilling of the scripture. That is the key phrase throughout Matthew. So, Matthew forms a natural bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament in fulfillment of Malachi's promise of the coming Messiah. Jewish customs are not explained because he writes to the Jew. The law is key in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew's gospel was the most widely read gospel in the early church. His old profession prepared him for the recording of the gospel, though despised by the Jews. Matthew was present from Capernaum at the, to the ascension of Jesus. He was in the upper room. He was there at Pentecost, Acts 1 and 2. Matthew was the only eyewitness and traveler with Jesus besides John who wrote a gospel. They're the only two. Mark wrote his gospel from Peter, and Luke wrote his gospel from interviews. Second thing about his commission is Matthew was to present Jesus as a king of the Jews. The king of the Jews. He presents Jesus as the king of the Jewish nation. In fact, that's what read over his cross. Jesus Christ, king of the Jews. The Jews got upset. He says, don't write, he's king of the Jews. Say, he said, he was king. He says, what is written is written. That was his way to get back to the Jews. <laughs> the first three gospels are called synoptic, meaning to view or to see together, each recording the life and ministry of Jesus from their individual perspective. Matthew, king of the Jews. Mark, the servant of man. Luke, the son of man. And then John is not a synoptic. It's a gospel to declare and reveal Jesus as God, the son of God. And in believing, you might have eternal life. The kingdom of heaven appears 32 times in Matthew, but nowhere else in the New Testament. The phrase kingdom of God, four times. The word kingdom appears 56 times. Jesus is called the son of David nine times. Matthew alone quotes Jesus' words about his throne and his glory in chapter 19, 28, 25, 31. Only Matthew calls Jerusalem the holy city and the city of the king in Matthew 4, 5 and 5, 35. Jesus is not only presented as king of the Jews, but the judge. Matthew 19, 28, 24, 27 through 31, 25, 31 through 46, and 26, 64. 
There is the denunciation of the Jewish rulers and scribes for corrupting their tradition. Jesus would judge them. There is a clear and strong warning to prepare the Jews for the last day persecution in Matthew 24. The kingdom of Jesus is spiritual, but will be manifested in this world. Matthew 8, 11, 12, 28, 13, 40 through 43. The Great Commission is the closing signature of Matthew. For he loved sinners as his master. Go into all nations and make disciples, teaching them to observe all things that I have taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Great Commission. The third thing regarding this commission is that Matthew was to record some of the most important things hidden in the past. First of all, the passage which I'm alluding to is called the Kingdom Parables, where Jesus lays out the mystery of the kingdom in Matthew 13, verse 1 through 52. Matthew tells us that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world, verse 35 of Matthew 13. So whatever Jesus is revealing here have been kept secret from the foundations of the world. Now, you have the parable of the sower, the parable of the wheat and tares, the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of leaven, and the parable of the pearl of great price, and the parable of the dragnet. The parables had a twofold purpose. First, to incite a desire to understand for those who were still open to God. Jesus began to speak in parables so that people could, in trying to understand and figure out, the truth would hit him right between the eyes. Boom, like an illustration. He says, therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Matthew 3.13. So Jesus began to teach parables to stimulate man's interest to seek spiritual things. But the second purpose of a parable was to hinder seeing to those who had hardened hearts to keep them from understanding due to their own doing and rejection of what they were hearing. Listen to verse 14 of chapter 13. And in them the prophecy Isaiah fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. So to those who are open to light, greater light will be given to them. But to those who greater light is given and rejected, greater is that darkness. It's harder to come. It's a double-edged sword. To those that much is given, much is required. Verse 15 says, For the hearts of the people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have, uh, they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. So it was a form of judgment. Mercy to stimulate, create interest. Judgment in rejecting them to greater blindness. Because he knows the heart. The parable of the sower and the rest are key to understanding all other parables. Do you know that? 
Listen to Mark 4.13. And only Mark tells us this about the kingdom parables. Listen to what he says. Do you not understand this parable? Speaking of the parable of the sower. How then will you understand all the parables? I believe that the kingdom parables are a very foundation to understand other parables. No other parable is going to contradict these basic foundations within the mystery of the kingdom. How the seed is sown. How leaven is placed in false doctrine. How the birds lodge in the church. And a lot of buzzards are in the church who appear to be Christians that are not. How the church will have real rapid growth, but it's not really all Christians. They don't all really love the Lord. How the dragnet, God will bring them in and separate them. The wheat and the tares, the same concept. Those are principles to understand the parables. They're foundational. Incredible author. Who is this guy that wrote this thing? Say, boy, you wrote a tremendous book. Where'd you get your training? I used to be a publican. <laughs> By the way, I was a disciple of Jesus. An apostle, too. Matthew. He's going to write the first gospel. He's going to bridge the Old Testament and the New. He's going to present me as the king of the Jews. Hmm. Have you limited yourself in what God wants to do with your life in Christ? He will enable you as Matthew. He will be the one to choose what it is that he calls you to. He will be faithful in all aspects. Let me ask you, is Jesus your king? As Matthew presents him in the gospel. Does he call all the shots in your life? Every area. Does he have access to every area of your life? Or do you have some smelly closets that um, you won't give him the key to? Does he know that you would do as Matthew, arise and leave all if he called you? Do you understand the kingdom parables? If you do, then you will be sharing Christ with sinners. If you do, then you are vigilant regarding false doctrine. If you do, then you will know that not all that say they are Christians are Christian. If you do, you know that he will separate the sheep from the goats, the shaft from the wheat, at the rapture and at his return. So we rest in him and him alone. The commission of Matthew was to affect the entire world and the church. Quite a man. I don't know if you ever had this perspective about him. The character of Matthew was one of utter sin. The call of Matthew was embraced wholeheartedly. And the commission of Matthew was to affect the entire world and the church. And we are the richer for it. May his, uh, his kind multiply. May God give us um, 
many Matthews in the church here. Pastor Xavier Reese and the conclusion of our Simple Truths character study of Matthew and a character truly changed by the power of the gospel. And just before we close, let me take a moment to mention that copies of today's character study, simply titled Matthew, are available on CD for just $4. And we'll be including everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is simply Matthew, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 